For over 10 years, we've been bringing you killer metal music and frank discussions about heavy metal. Wait, who the hell is Frank? You are tuned into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. Here are your hosts, Kerry the Metal Geek and Sean the Metal Pigeon. Keep it metal. Welcome, my friends, to episode number 288 of MSR Cast, your heavy metal podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Carrie the Metal Geek, along with Sean the Metal Pigeon. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, we're almost at the end of the year, so I have been working diligently on my top albums of the year, um, looking at other than, than uh, other people's list and seeing what I sort of missed. And I've found a few hidden gems here and there, but we'll get to that at another date, right? Yeah. Um, how about you? How's your list coming along? I mean, my, so the way I do it, I mean, I, I, and I think I've said this before in the podcast, I don't look at anyone else's list until mine is finished. Okay. <laughs> so I don't want to be influenced by anybody. I don't want to see anything. And for me, it's like, it's a very yeah, insular experience. I just think about, I look back on what I listened to and go through all that. And so, um, on, you know, the thing that's made it complicated this year, and this is why I'm glad we're doing it a little bit later. Yeah. Um, we kind of do ours in January. Right. Is that Therion, one of my favorite <laughs> bands of all time. You mean your number one album of the year? Uh, have dropped an album like this past, a couple of days yeah. ago. Why so, did they do that? I mean, they should know better than that. I don't know. I don't, don't know why. don't release an album after people have done their top uh, year end list. Yeah. And they're on Napalm Records too. Yeah. Like you figure they'd have like people going, oh, let's, let's wait till January guys. Right. But um, it's out. And so I am like, just listening to that and pretty much nothing but that. Oh, who's um, on it this time? Is there anybody? Is so I don't, Snowy on it? Uh, I, there's a, I think a lot of the people who are on the first two Leviathan albums are on it. Like, um, Tida Nasrik and like a lot of the get different guest vocalists and stuff. I don't have a complete list of who's on it yet because it's, it hasn't been updated on Metallum and there's not a lot of info on it, but I think, I think, um, Christopher has been talking a lot on Facebook about, who was on what song and yeah. that kind of stuff. So the info is out there. I just, I just don't have a list of it right now. Very cool. Are you, let me ask you, do you like it? Are you enjoying it? I mean, well, I, I mean, I'm definitely enjoying it because it's, it's very much the most adventurous of the three. More probably, right? Yeah. It's, it's totally, it's, they're, they're just going off in any different direction. Like he even said, like at the very beginning of the whole Leviathan thing, first album is going to be the more accessible album. The second album is going to be the softer melancholic album. The third album is going to be the weird, the weird AF album. So this is definitely the weird version of theory on, but it, but I got to say it's a lot more tuneful than I was expecting it to be. Um, although I guess, you know, knowing theory on that shouldn't be that much of a surprise, but right. I'm, I'm trying to one, avoid recency bias with it. And two, just really give it all my attention because it's so difficult to do this when I'm, I've pretty much shut the gate on new music. Like, no, nope. yeah, I, I, I've opened it again for Therion because Therion deserves consideration. I'm not going to have this list contender from right now. So here's my thing. And, and you'll probably appreciate this being a massive fan of certain artists. Yeah. It, it's almost, you can't turn off that part of you. That's that fan. Did you did you leave a spot open for them? Well, I, I'm I put it this way: I'm, I, there's consideration for it because I am enjoying it. I know where it's gonna. I, I know where it's gonna. I know where it's gonna land in your if, album. Put it this way: put it this way. If the, if if Arion had dropped an album yeah. on December fifteenth, right. 
wouldn't you like be like, I, I have to give it consideration. No, yeah. for, no, no. I, I am not faulting you or, yeah. or any of that kind of stuff. I totally know exactly where you're coming from. I'm going to say it right now. This is my prediction. It's your, it's your third album, top three album of the year. Well, I don't, so the first, so well, Leviathan one was in the top it was, um, uh, in the list, Leviathan Two was on the list for the albums of the year. It has to meet those standards. That's the first benchmark. Yeah. yeah. How many times have you listened to it so far? Uh, probably four or five times all the way through. Okay. I keep coming back to a couple songs in particular, one of which we're going to play tonight. Okay. Very, very interesting. Uh, I, I like. I still go with my. It's going to be. It's going to be your top five. I, I, I'm. I'm going to at least say that. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see in a few weeks. Uh, like you, like you sort of alluded to, uh, our first episodes of our 2023 rewinds are going to come out probably closer to the second ish week of January. Um, I'm going to be out of town, so I'm going to have a lot more time to to listen to the albums and sort of finalize my decisions. Um, I'm pretty close, but there's been a few here and there that have sort of like crept back up. Um, and you know, there's been some interesting stuff this year. I'll, I'll say that much. Um, a lot of good prog, a lot of fucking good death doom and a lot of good death metal this year. A lot of good black stuff, black and metal too. So, uh, progressive black metal different. You know what I mean? There's been a lot of, it's been an interesting year. It's a good year. Yeah. For music, at least everything else. Not so much. Right. Yeah. Movies and TV show has been good. There's been some good stuff, but there hasn't been really a knockout movie this past year that I'm like, oh, this is amazing, you know? I don't, um, yeah, I, I can't think There's of There's a few I haven't seen yet, which I will hopefully try to rectify that during the holidays coming up. I will have a little bit more extra time. Hopefully I get to watch a few more movies, you know? Yeah. Very cool. Um, do you want to just go into our first uh, song of the evening, or yeah, do you, yeah, or do you want to talk about anything else? We have some uh, topics for the evening, but let's just get into it. We've already discussed the Serion album. Um, let's play something from it. What song did you pick? Uh, the Ruler of Tamag. Uh, I think it's a r- really representative song on this album. It has like soft. Beautiful, delicate parts and dramatic sequences, and yeah, I keep coming back to this song quite a bit. Yeah, all right. Well, I haven't heard this yet, so let's get into it. This is brand new Serion from Leviathan the Third. All right, yeah, the third. There you go. We'll be right back. Would rest. 
we're back to the show. That was definitely an epic, epic first round of bands for the evening. We just heard a band called Bjorko, not Bjork, but Bjorko. Um, that is uh, the song that we just featured. It's called The Heart Root Rot, featuring Jeff Walker from Carcass, of course. So the band name is derived from the word Bjorko, which is the Swedish translation of Tommy Kovacinari's last name from Amorphous. It was basically his new solo album. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't heard this before. No, no. It, it just hit my radar a few weeks ago. Uh, here's what I'm going to say about it. I like about 90% of it. And there's some stuff on here I do not like. Hmm. But we're going to talk about the stuff that I did like. <laughs> um, so this album features uh, vocals from uh, Jeff Walker, uh, Marco Hitala, uh, Petronella, who was on the last Amorphous album, uh, Shagrass, Tommy Joutson, Joutson, um, a bunch of different people, a lot of Finnish uh, musicians and artists and stuff like that. So uh, really cool album. There's this one song on here that sort of takes me out of it and I'm not a fan of. There's a lot of little interlude tracks of like guitar work and different, you know, atmospheric stuff. It's pretty cool. If you're uh, an Amorphous fan, uh, I think there's something on here you're going to like, even though it's different than Amorphous, you know? Yeah, I'm interested to hear that Marcos track. You know, that'll be. That's a really good track, too. Yeah. I'll I'll be honest with you, because it's like uh, Marco and uh, a couple other people on the same song which is pretty cool i'm glad that he didn't fall off the face of the earth when he left night Nightwish and right. was doing a bunch of guests but he was on the theory on leviathan one uh on their on the, the single for that album too so um yeah he was uh he's you're a he hasn't started a band or anything has he no i think he's just kind of enjoying not being in a in a major band you know time commitments all that kind of stuff Okay. I mean, that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. That's the reason he left the band. He didn't want to jump right back into something like that. I get it. I, well, the, you know, if there's, a, yeah, there's so many speculations on why he left the band. He, he, he didn't say why I, I can speculate on it for a while, but anyway. So, uh, before that, uh, I'll let you talk about that. Uh, Sarion, we just mentioned, uh, yeah. I mean, as you, as you heard, it's, it's, it goes in many different directions. So this album is, there are some songs in there that I'm like, Ooh, I need to listen to that way more to see if that'll gel. And other songs that are more instantaneous. This was the real instantaneous one for this me. This song was, was very, it was very epic. Very epic. Yeah. I mean, Therion is one of the great, great tacklers of the epic sound. With a Christopher, right? Yeah. He definitely knows how to build and build a song. Oh yeah. And just, and just, make it big and huge yeah I, I i keep telling myself like one day i need to write up like a primer like an introduction you know to i Therion. interviewed him a long time ago for him for mainstream resistance yeah for the in the print issue right yeah yeah i remember print. reading that yeah, yeah. he was like 97 or he's eight. a very interesting interview because he's very candid about like the the actual details of the music industry yeah and he'll talk to you about budgets and how much something costs and you know, all that kind of stuff. He, he he doesn't shy away from that stuff. So no. he's a very interesting personality. But uh, yeah, new theory on album. Do you do you remember a few? Uh, well, maybe we talked about it in the last episode. We were watching the Masked Singer. 
Yes. And there was a character on that show at yeah. the time yeah. called the Tiki. It was basically a giant Tiki, you know, drink. Right. Uh, and we, I, I said it back then that I knew for, I, I knew for no chance in hell that it was not Sebastian Bach. Yeah. And guess what? <laughs> it was, it was Sebastian Bach all over the place. Um, it was pretty great. Uh, unfortunately he lost on the rock episode, which is weird. Uh, um, but you know, you know, all, all those reality shows, they're, they're scripted. They know who's going in, in each episode that's probably yeah. in their contract. Okay. You're going to last until this episode. Right. It's just, it is what it is. It's, they're still fun to watch, you know, it's cause a, I like shame, music. It's a shame. He went out on nothing but a good time. That's such a weak song. It, <laughs> it, it's a shame that he went out on the yeah the poison song nothing but a good time and fucking brett michaels was there yeah and he went out on that song and he killed it much better than because brett michaels sang it right before they did it and then tiki and whoever i don't remember the other character they did like this they do like a battle royale and perform sebastian bach and performing that song right after brett michaels brett michaels is probably he's probably like oh shit I'm embarrassed. Should have been ashamed of yourself. <laughs> That's like right Devin right. Townsend coming up and uh, singing on the finale at a Dream Theater show. Yeah, you're like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been fun. Um, I, I I think I know who one of the other singers is. You we watched it earlier. Yeah. One of them is Macy Gray for for Clearly. fucking sure. Clearly. Clearly, yeah. Um, a couple of them I, I don't know who some of them are. That's the single we sort of start stopped watching it at some point because. There started to be people that we didn't know who the fuck they were. Like there was a bunch of, you know, like a basketball or a football person or modern musician. I didn't know who they were. So at that point, you're like, that's not fun because I can't guess. I don't know who they are. And it's not fun because like who who was sitting around listening to a football player sing, you know, like unless they have a recording sure. career. Like what? Like how are you supposed to pick that out of? Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, how do on. you know? Yeah. How do you know this guy that you've never seen do something before is good at it? Yeah, exactly. It's weird. Yeah, I know. But, um, you know, we sort of got back into it this season. It's still, it's fun, but, you know, you got to take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah. Well, at least you were right about the, the Baz thing. So that's, that's cool. I'm finally writing something in my life. <laughs> um, I showed you something that I've been playing recently. We don't talk a lot about video games on this show, but uh, I've been playing Alan Wake 2, which is a fucking phenomenal game. I'm only like a couple hours into it still. So I'm still playing the female detective in the beginning of the game, but it's it's really cool. Um, the video game awards with Jeff Keighley were a couple weeks ago, a week or so ago. And this is something I did not know. Um, they did this live performance of a song from Alan Wake 2. So the band that has done music for all these Alan Wake games, all the games from Remedy, basically, the, the developer, the Finnish developer, um, there's a band called old gods of Asgard and I've gone back and started listening to some of their stuff on Spotify and it's really good. It's uh, you know, progressive, you know, Finnish rock with elements of metal and, and prog metal and prog rock and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, but I did not know that the band that is old gods of Asgard, it's really the band called poets of the fall who I've been hearing about a lot recently in prog realms, you know? Yeah. So I'm definitely gonna have to go back and check them out more too. But yeah, it's it's pretty cool because that's a, it was a it was a weird performance. Uh, we might 
share a link to it here in the show notes. At it was M- strange. MSRcast.com. Or you can Google it and go to YouTube and watch it. Um, apparently, that's a whole segment from the game itself. You get to that segment where they are singing and dancing and the, that song plays. So haven't quite got there yet, but I'm looking forward to it. That game is uh, uh, really occupying my time right now. But they, they, the band sounded good yeah. during it. So I yeah. like the band. And the other band that played during that performance or that uh, show was High Lung. Yeah. They did a song from the upcoming Hellblade game, uh, which is cool because, like, you know, they, they're sort of, they're not metal, but they are metal at the same time. All the instruments that they use are recreations of ancient instruments that they would have used back in the day. So it's pretty cool. It was definitely weird seeing them in that kind of like to the world, basically. You know what I mean? Glitzy showbiz context. Yeah. yeah. I know. It was, fun. it was cool, though. They're playing a, a show in April, I think, in Red Rocks. Oh, really? And they're expected to sell it out, which is oh, like yeah. a big deal. They so. played Texas maybe sometime last couple years or so. Yeah. I know some people that went to see them. So, yeah, that's it's always interesting. Um, What else is going on? Oh, do you want to this is gonna sort of go right into our next song but do we want to spend a few minutes talking about the new bruce dickinson and the new album coming out yes absolutely all right let's do it don't nobody rush just to start um i, I want to hear your opinion first actually so it i'll say this it's it's one of those songs where i know that in the context of the album it's going to fit or feel a lot more natural and a lot more um and sound a lot better i mean i'm not saying i didn't like it i i, I kind of liked it um but it is a jarring choice for the first song to yeah. be released. that's my that's the thing there's a there's a lyric there's a segment at the end where he repeats something awkwardly i think it's he basically does say uh afterglow and then afterglow again it's just weirdly it's done weird but I'm looking at the um, the uh, the seven inch that I ordered, which is pretty cool. It has like the f- the full comic book um, of the story for the song, which the the entire album, the concept album, and there's a there's a, a comic book la- uh, company called Z Two who they've done um, uh, the Anthrax book and they've done a bunch of different stuff like Weird Al and a bunch of different metal stuff. Apparently, people are upset because they haven't really been getting there. They have shipping issues. Let's just put it that way. But they have a whole series of comics coming out based on the book. So I'm on the concept album. I'm sorry, not the book. Right. Yeah. Which could be interesting. Hopefully there is a like final graphic novel compilation. Sure. I'm sure there will be. Yeah. I'm not going to buy them singly, single issues, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I hope the album is, is good uh better than this the one song we've heard so far it's not a bad song at all um it's definitely you can hear roy z being roy z in this song in this album it in the song at least yeah i mean it's it's heavy it does have more of the sound from tyranny of souls i think it's hard yes but you know it's not here's the thing it's not like it's just a weird song to release first and i think weirdness from bruce doesn't throw me by this point but i do i would have expected something a little bit more that felt, I don't know, an echo of his older stuff, a, cl- a classic Bruce Solo stuff. 
So this one feels so different. It is a little jarring, but maybe he wanted it to be that way. Maybe he thought, yeah, let's show him something different. And it's so that little harsh vocal stuff in there. It seems like it's an effect on his voice, right? That he sang it clean and they sort of distorted it. Doesn't seem like it's him doing. I heard. Natural. I saw some people like saying, "Oh, he's doing harsh vocals." Like, no, God, I, I don't think that's it. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't think he is. But I you mean, know. well, we'll let you guys be the judge for yourself. If you haven't heard it already, we're going to get into it now. Um, what's the name of the album called again? Uh, isn't the album going to be called uh, Mandrake Project? Right, Mandrake Project. Yeah. That's right. So this is the afterglow of Ragnarok from the upcoming The Mandrake Project from Bruce Dickinson. Oh, and the seven inch comes with the demo for If Eternity Should Fail. Yeah. Which is cool. All right. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the show. That was uh, Godthrim. Godthrim. With a song, Devils, from the album Distortions. Great app name for that album, Distortions. Yeah. At the end of that song. This, so if you don't know who this band is, it's uh, ex-members of My Dying Bride, um, Hamish, Hamish Glencross, and uh, the drummer was in them for a while. He's all, the Hamish, the vocalist, guitarist, was also in Valenfire. Um, so this is their second album. They've added a female vocalist to this album. Um, like I said before, they're on profound lower records. So these guys are one of my favorite doom albums of this year. There's slow moments. There's catchy moments. These guys have elements of Alice in Chains in like 90s era paradise lost peaceville stuff you know yeah i could hear that i love it it's so great um and then sometimes when uh the way catherine the vo- the female vocalist and homish uh they the way they play off each other it's amazing um not everything is is super slow all the time they they have some up tempo stuff they it, it's just a really good album um something i went i listened to earlier in the year for a while and just started coming back to it uh, very recently. And it's uh, pretty high on my list right now. Came out in August originally. So, but it's a, uh, yeah, it's a great album entirely. The, um, the going back through the year and jogging your memory, is yeah. it, it's, un, is it like making you realize that certain things you had left behind are actually worth? Oh, uh resurrecting for the list yes for sure yeah yeah it's it's there's been a lot of really good albums. we say that every year but there's been a lot of really good albums this past year uh across multiple multiple genres um and there's stuff that's high on my list that i was not expecting you know what i mean the only thing i'll say about this year that i've noticed is that there have i haven't had as many of those where i like where i would go back and listen to go oh yeah i love this album it's like the things that i knew that or that I felt strongly about at the time are the things that are, you know, winding up in my nominee pool for for the list. So I haven't had as many surprises this year. That's that's kind of a bummer, but um, you know, it is what it is. Um, not every year can be a a you know a treasure of things that you go back and you you rediscover again. Yeah. So. Let's let's take a few moments and we'll talk about. Uh, let's go for before that. Let's get to uh, the Bruce Dickinson. Well, of course, there's not much more we could really say about that. The only thing I, w- I want to add is I, if you go to themetalpigeon.com right now, I have a first part of my um, my Bruce retrospective is up. If, if you haven't read it, um, kind of doing a career retrospective in three, um, maybe three to four parts, leading up to the March release of um, of uh, the Mandrake Project. So what, what, he was in a different band before. What was the name of that band? uh iron maiden oh, and yeah. that's, what uh, <laughs> that's what it is yeah thank you had a brain fart for a second yeah <laughs> are you writing about iron maiden or is it just solo stuff just, just bruce solo stuff i remember when tattooed millionaire first came out and it was so fucking different yeah but such a catchy album um and then what was after that um what was, the, what was the second album? I'm trying to remember the, the order. Uh, Balls, to, Balls, Balls to Picasso, Picasso yes. And then Skunk Works, then Accident of Birth and Chemical Wedding after that. Balls to Picasso and Skunk Works, both very 
interesting album. Very influenced by that '90s grunge. Yeah, but they're not bad albums. Yeah, uh, Skunk Works was the first Bruce solo album um, where I think you could really look at it and go, "Okay, he's really trying to distance himself from from the Maiden sound." Sure, and yeah, but Balls to Picasso had a lot of you know interesting experimentation on it there did. too. So. That's, yeah. That has shoot all the clowns, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That song is still gets stuck in my fucking yeah, head. It's, it's a it's a good song. <laughs> it's a crazy video, but it's a good song. Which uh, Tears of the Dragon? That wasn't with that album. Yeah, Balls yeah. of Picasso. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. One one of the greatest metal ballads ever created. Oh yeah, hands down. Yeah, absolutely. Um. All right. I'm looking forward to the album. Like I said, I I I know this was only one song, so it's not really indicative of the entirety of the project that he, he wants. Yeah, you know, we were just playing it though, just, yeah. just like a couple minutes ago. And I was grooving to it and yeah. I was I love it. And yeah. I think it's gonna have so, a perfect place in the in the track listing. Yeah. And see, it, it's just it and this is one of those things I know I go on this thing about uh listening to singles ahead of time for metal yeah. bands. But sometimes it just when you hear a song out of context from a metal album, metal is such an album dependent art form to me. It just sounds jarring, no matter who the band yeah. is or whatever. And so I almost prefer not to, you know, and to just go into an album cold. And um, that's honestly what I did with the theory on the album is I, I resisted the temptation to listen to anything ahead of time. I was like, I just want to listen to the entire thing as a as one long collective work. So I'm glad I did that, too. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, let's move on. Uh, I I want to talk about this book that I'm reading slash listening to. <laughs> um, it's My F in Life from Getty Lee. I have the 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 physical book, but I've also uh, I'm listening to the Audible version read by Getty Lee. Have we talked about this on the show already? I can't remember if yeah. we did. Um, I'm only a couple hours. There's only a couple hours left of the book for me to listen to. Um, I have to say it's rekindled my, my, my spark of love for, for the band really Yeah. for rush. I mean, I've gone back and listened to so much more rush than ever before. Um, not just the songs that I've known, but I'm going back through their discography, you know, um, it's such a great book. It's very, the first, like I think I might have mentioned before, like the first three hours of the audiobook, it's not even, he hasn't even talked about playing an instrument. It's more about his family and his, his experience growing up and his family's experience in, in World War II during uh, being in Nazi concentration camp. That's how his parents met, which is a really it's wild, it's a yeah. crazy story. I, I, I can't recommend listening to this uh, book enough. And it's funny. I just started. He just had an, um, a new series that started on Paramount Plus about bass players. I've watched the first two episodes. First two episodes were uh, he goes and hangs out with uh, with Les Claypool from Primus, and the second one he goes to hang out with uh, Trujillo from Suicidal Tendencies. Oh, I mean uh, Metallica. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, they're both good. The other one, I think he. Uh, the off the grar i could she used to be in hole and then had some other stuff melissa melissa yeah. thank you i can think of her first name um and then i can't remember the last one i'd have to double check but it's a very interesting series it's not so much about completely the music it's about getting to know these bass players as humans yeah which is cool 
That's cool. It's a very interesting little documentary series, and uh, I hope they do more. But yeah, I'm I'm a huge. I, I wish I could have found this book autographed because I would have loved it. He didn't come anywhere in Texas for this for the tour on the book. Hopefully, he will. Maybe he will later. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, some of the stories about Neil, uh, like his daughter dying, and then ten months later, his wife dying, and Ugh, yeah. There's some heavy, heavy shit in this book, um, and he he does it with humility and a lot of humor. The uh, it's the it's worth pr- the price alone by hearing him do his mom's old woman Yiddish voice. Okay, uh, yeah, and the way he pronounces everything, I'm like, oh my god, this is my childhood. <laughs> it's great. It's a great, great book, and uh, that sort of influenced me to what I want to play next. I didn't want to play Rush because we've you know, we've probably done that before, but I wanted to play a heavy version of one of my favorite Rush songs, and that's from the band Elysian. Um, so, uh, Animate, one of my favorite tracks of all time. Are you familiar with this song? I can't, no, I can't remember it. Really? Yeah. It's from, uh, what's the name of the album? Counterparts from 93. That's one of those albums I didn't really, oh, really? Didn't really listen to, yeah. It's it's that time period in the in the mid early mid early to mid nineties where they're really experimenting with a lot of synths and electronic sounds and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, how, let's let's do this. Let's take a few minutes. Uh, we'll hear we're gonna hear the the anime version from a Legion that they did. They also did subdivisions, which is another one of my favorite tracks. But uh, we're gonna get into this and we'll be back in a few moments.
And we're back to the show that my friend with a band called Dead in Finland. Um, interesting band. I've, I've been listening to them for a little bit. Um, they're, this is maybe their fourth or fifth album, fifth album, I think. Um, can you guess where they're from? <laughs> well, Sweden? Close. Finland. Can you believe that? Yeah. It's one of those things like, you know, drain STH. They had to put STH on their name because that was stock stone for Stockholm. It's one of those things where there was another band somewhere. Um, but these guys, uh, you know, they're modern, um, eclectic melodic death metal, uh, mellow deaths, a lot of heavy synths and piano, uh, work in the, in the background. I picked this song in particular because the first chorus sounds deadly close to the first chorus of bring the noise from public enemy and anthrax. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I, first time I heard the song, I'm like, what the, f- what happened? How, what, what the fuck? And I played it for my wife automatically heard it. Now we, we talked about this on metal geeks on the last episode and, Neither George or Dave really got what I was going for. Now we we listened to both of these earlier. What did you think? I mean, I, it, uh, you're not as familiar with that that song as I am, so I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll admit that. Well, I think that also just uh, uh, it's such a small bit that that, that no, it is a very similar. small bit of the song, yeah. but it's the exact cadence and. And basically, um, of what Chuck D does, it is just, you know, was more growly or vocal. So here's what I'm going to do at the very end of this episode. After we say, uh, after the last outro goes, I'm going to play, I'm going to cut up that part. Then I'm going to cut up the, the, uh, bring the noise part and put them right together. So this will be like. <laughs> Back in the nineties when they're egg. an Easter egg at the end of the album after all the silence, this is what you're gonna hear. I might be crazy, but th- it, I totally I totally fucking hear it. It's it drives me a little batty. But this is a good band. I like this album. Um it's a little more commercial sounding, you know, a little bit more acceptable, uh approachable for a lot of people. A lot of the clean vocals sound like soil work like crazy. Yeah. Uh, so what did you what did you think of the song? But yeah, I, I liked that? it. I liked it. I mean, I, I you know it was it was a little bit of a different take on something from Finland. It seemed like a little like, kind of like I don't know. This sounds weird to say, but maybe goth tinged a little bit. Yeah, you know? I can see that. So yeah, I I like that song. Yeah, uh, I, I recommend you hear, listen to the rest of the album. I think you would actually really enjoy it. So yeah. there you go. Um, let's and before that. Uh, we got into a cover song from Legion. This is Animate. It's the cover of the song from Rush's 93 album, Counterparts. Um, we just watched both versions. We heard the Rush version first and then the Legion version. And you said you've never heard the Rush song before? Right. It's one, wow, it's one of my favorite Rush songs ever. It's crazy. But I, I, I guess, let me ask you, are you... Are you a casual Rush fan? Are you a Rush fan at all? Or do you know like I'm a casual a songs? I'm a casual fan. Like I know all the, you know, the I have like a best of compilation yeah. from them and I have their covers album 
or their EP they did. I thought that was really good. Oh yeah. I have like Vapor Trails and um the remixed version of Vapor Trails. And uh you know, I I I don't know. I Rush is not a band that I spent a lot of time diving into, but every time I hear them I'm like, yeah, I like I like that and I like this song too. You said you liked um, uh you had Test for Echo, right? I did have a cassette of Test for Echo a long time ago. Good, good album too. Um, but yeah, yeah. Counterparts was um, ninety three. I remember getting uh, Roll the Bones. He talks about that album because the song Roll the Bones is like this sort of like a rap part at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got he said they got so much shit for that. But it's a oh, good album. Yeah. I really like that album too. Um, yeah, it's. I forgot how much I really liked rush and the last album was 2012 uh clockwork angels yeah i remember listening to that actually when it came out yeah and they did uh the last tour they did with r40 that was like 2015 or something like that right right then of course what happened to neil right after that or a couple years after that so yeah i found that um the comic book version of clockwork angels because it was all based on uh neil peart's uh like writing yeah and um it's right behind your head actually i found this at the local comic book store he did a a book and then there's a comic book version of it was neil peart and uh kevin j anderson who's a famous science fiction writer who's done a lot of dune and uh, star wars books and stuff like that so they wrote together which is pretty cool but I've yeah I've met Kevin before and I'm like oh man I asked him how I I mean I specifically asked him how it was working with Neil, he said he had a great time with him, so that's cool yeah um very interesting all right so that's my I, I guess I can get off my rush high horse now I've been listening to them a lot that's why I think <laughs> I even made people listen to them in the gym the other day because <laughs> we have this there's a system at, at the gym right called Rockbot. Yeah. You log in and then it's basically um you can dj what plays in the gym which is cool a lot of people play a lot of stuff i don't like so i usually have my headphones on but there'll be sometimes we'll i'll play a bunch of you know a rush or genesis or beatles or scorpions and all kinds of stuff right hope there's nothing too too heavy except there's for some reason 87 anthrax songs in their system that you can choose from <laughs> and i'm gonna i'm gonna go through every single one of them one day nice. <laughs> i wish there was heavier shit on there too but i get why there's not i mean there's a lot of heavy rock stuff uh, that i don't like you know but you know yeah it's fun it's interesting where you what you can get away with to play <laughs> um here's what i wanted to talk about in for this episode uh it's 2023 we're both diligently working on our year-end reviews right i sort of wanted to go back in the time machine the way back machine to the year of 2013 now the year-end reviews we did in 2013 early 2014 which we usually do but we went back to the previous year was your very first appearance on the show yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. So it's been 10 years. Yeah. Can you believe that? That's nuts. How it's gone by quickly. Yeah. Um, so that's cool, man. Uh, 10 years of, of you, of the, the Metal Pigeon being on MSR Cow. So we had to celebrate. So what we decided to do 
is instead of making it the whole episode, we're going to go back and look at our top albums that we chose from that year and see how we still relate to them. If we still do listen to them, if we don't. Right. Um, so this was, of course, it was episode number 150. Uh, so it was 10 years ago. Let's uh, let's talk. Let's go with your list first, because I know some of them uh, stuff on both of our lists sort of uh, uh, are are the same. They sort of like coincide together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll let you go first, sir. Uh, so number 10 on my list was uh, was Tribulation Formulas of Death. Um, I will confess I have not listened to that album in ages. I mean, I still like Tribulation. I, I've enjoyed all their new stuff, but that album has sort of faded for me. Yeah. Number nine is an album that I have definitely not listened to since that year was October Falls, The Plague of a Coming Age, which at the time was, you know, um, it was very doomy stuff, doomy uh, melodic death sort of stuff. Um, but the album, yeah, it just, it kind of just fell off, uh, uh, in solitude sister. I, now I, I, I do oh, yeah. like in solitude quite a bit. Um, I, it's been a while since I've heard that album, but I do listen to that band every now and then, uh, rotting Christ, uh, was number seven, uh, Akata Ton Daimana Itoi, which was really the, the, um, first time I really was impressed by like new sounding rotting Christ. Right. I do. I think that is one of their better. Maybe if I think it might be their best album. Is that the year that Megadeth refused to tour with them? It could have been around that time. Yeah. Uh, number six, and I think this this was too low on my list. Was Orphan Land always one? Mm. In retrospect, I think it should have been way higher. Yeah. Um, because I I love that album to this day. I still listen to it a lot. Number five was Falkenbach Asa. I like Falkenbach a lot, but this album probably shouldn't have been that high. Um, but you know, it was at the time. That's how I, you know, number four carcass surgical steel, I think legitimately still a great album. And, uh, you know, I didn't think that their recent album hit the same heights as surgical steel. Um, one of the better, one of the best carcass albums ever, I think. No. Yeah, Uh, totally. I, I, I actually really agree on that one. Number three was Satyricon's self-titled album, and I and I do think that this is justified in being that high because it was such it made such a striking impression on me. But I I will say it's not an album I go to listen to a lot when I want to hear Satyricon. Um, number two on my list was Sui Dakra Eternal Defiance, which I still love that record. I I I thought they just got it absolutely right on that album. I love it. Still listen to it. Um, and number one that year was Serenity War of Ages, which is still to date one of my favorite Serenity records, if not my favorite. So I, I really like the new album. Um, you know, I I remember thinking at the time when I made that list that it was kind of a weak year for releases. So this is really kind of the the best of a of a relatively uh, like lower end year in terms of output from the metal scene in general. I, I don't know how you feel about 2013 or 2013, but to me, it just seemed a little lacking. So. Yeah. I, so I'm with all honesty here. Uh, you have your top 10. I didn't, I went back and tried to find my top 10. I could not find it. It's probably on a drive somewhere, right? It was yeah. not in my Google drive or anything like that, but I do have some of the albums that I sort of picked 
that we I wanted to play on this episode. So I don't really know if there was a top, what the top 10 was, you know what I mean? I can go by how I felt about them at now. Um, were, were you done talking about your number one or? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to go through my list, right? For me, amorphous circle probably was really high. It was probably my number one or number two. Um, I think that's the, around the time where they became like a top five band for me. Uh, Hopeless Days was sort of drew me in. Great song. Great song. Still, they still play that song live and it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, going through my list, I think the inheritance from Witherscape would have been really high on my list. Mm, yeah. That's such a phenomenal album. Um, I wish there would be another one. There was a, another album a few years later, but it's time to revisit Witherscape, I think. Come on, Dan, let's do it. Uh, I know you're busy, uh, you know, mixing and mastering a lot of great band, but I yeah, need some more. I need some more music. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, you mentioned the Carcass, uh, Surgical Steel. Yes, definitely one of my favorite Carcass albums of all time. Uh, you know, this might put me in the minority, but I like it. I like Heartwork a lot too. So, um, Trouble, the Distortion Field. Uh, I really like the hat. This is the last album they've done, which is surprise. I can't believe it's been 10 years already. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, the first album was out. Eric Wagner is a main vocalist, you know? Yeah. Um, I really liked the uh, nemesis album from Stradivarius that year. I really enjoyed straight out of hell from Halloween. Um, let's see what else am I, Raise the curtains from John Oliva, his his mm. solo project. Yeah, there's some really tight, good stuff on that album, and around that time is when I got to see him live, uh, performing songs and from this album and from other you know bands too. So, um, Arion put an album out that year called "The Theory of Everything," which is my least favorite Arion album. Hmm. Uh, maybe even below <clears throat> Transitus. It's just here's my my complaint about it. Ten years later, he probably said the same thing. Is how can anything be worse than Transitus? Be honest. <laughs> I, I I still dig a lot of Transitus. Okay, um, it will never not be funny to me to clown on that. Album. I know, uh, but Siri of everything. I didn't. There was, you know, at one point Spotify had it as like, uh, you know, like two songs or something like that. But it's it's basically little vignettes, like a minute here, two minutes here, minute and a half here, that make up this album, and it just it doesn't really. Fl- if you listen to it from start to finish, it's good. But if you put it on like a random, it's like okay, I'm getting a minute of this part. You know, it's just it was it was a different uh, approach to an Arion album, and he's never gone back to that style, which I'm sort of happy for. Um, let's see. Uh, I really liked the, the Alice in Chains album that put out that year. The devil put dinosaurs here. Yeah. Uh, the living infinite from soil work came out that year. Uh, the dream called for blood from death angel. Um, let's see. Guar battle Maximus anthrax did the, the Ansem's cover EP, which was really cool. Um, hypocrisy end of disclosure. I really, really liked that album. And um, I think that's it. I had I had on here the the Gorguts Colored Sands album, 
um, the first Oceans of Slumber material. That's uh, right, yeah. And exhumed necro- ne- necrocracy, necrocracy, however you want to say it. Um, that's that's it right there. I think uh, that's pretty pretty good list. I mean, I didn't feel like I was very adventurous that year, did it? I I think our lists are reflections of of the year being. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I it, I just remember I, my visceral memory from that year when I was making that list was, uh, this list didn't have what 2011 and 2012 had, you know. Sure. And and looking when I was looking at that my my list like you know last night I was like thinking about it I was like yeah I that 2013 was a was a down year I think for metal. Oh yeah. Um, uh, besides, uh, well, we're we're going to talk about Orphan Land in just a moment because one of the best. Orphanland song came out that year, Brother from All Is One. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, let's see, the Beyond from Omnium Gathering came out that year as well. Yeah. Um, what about the Mystery of Time, Avantasia? I know you've mentioned before that it's not your favorite. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple songs in there that I'll go back and listen to, but I thought the I had issues with the album overall. I thought it was kind of lacking which they would rectify three years later with ghost lights which was my album of the year in 2016 um, right so what, what do you think happened there mystery of time I, I think it was like it was the first time he had that kind of crew of, of guest singers on mm-hmm. and i don't think he had the right singers and doing the right material or mm. you know whatever it was but, makes sense um he got it right on ghost lights you know yes yeah for sure so instead of uh, we talked about how we we're going to do this, instead of playing a lot of the the songs or the bands that we uh, were in our our top of 2013, we're going to uh, sort of blend our 2013 to 2023 together. So yeah, Orphanland just put in a live album out called A Heaven You May Create. So what better way to celebrate our 2013 rewind? Uh, our re our 2013 rewind rewind because we're rewinding back to our rewind is uh by playing all is one from that album yeah um i do want to say i do they've released a couple of videos from this album right um this was it was shot live in tel aviv um in 21 i believe and they had a full orchestra and choir behind them it was really cool um the videos they put out for it are not good the quality is not good. The editing of it was not good. Um, it was very disappointing because I was ready to pull the trigger right then and there and buy the DVD because mm. it comes to the CD and DVD. Right. But right. I'm like, should I get the DVD or should I just get the vinyl? You know what I mean? It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's sad in a way. So limited budget, I guess for those guys. Or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it was. I mean, I've seen a lot of smaller type bands have really good music videos like that, live videos, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But we're going to get into the, the audio quality is great. The song they've picked uh, for the playlist set list is amazing. Um, they go back through their entire career, really. So it's a great album. Um, let's get into it. All is one. And I think this is a, a great time in in the world to be listening to this track so we'll be right back
welcome back to the show. That was the live version of Always One from the uh, recording they did with the orchestra uh, a couple years ago called A Heaven You May Create. Yeah. And the live album just came out. It did. Yeah. Like, recently. Like a, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Recorded in 2021 in Tel Aviv. Uh, like you said, full orchestra, full choir. Really cool set list, um, like career retrospective type of deal. 30 years of the band. Um, we watched one of the videos just now, and, you know, I wish it was a little bit better, but, yeah, I mean, everything else about it is is quality. I think we chalked it up to, like, they had limited resources during yeah. COVID during that time. Sure. So, yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was... That, that's very cool. That sort of like bridged our our ten year history gap right there. So, before we move away from our top albums of the year uh, discussion, how close are you to being done? How what's your are you close to your final uh, list? My songs list is done. Oh, is it? Um, the albums list is still in halfway phase. I would say. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at mine and I'm trying to see where some of mine would sort of uh, coincide with yours, where they might overlap or not. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to, to find out. All right. Well, um, the, there's a couple of the topics I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm excited because Haken is going on tour, right? Yeah, and they're coming here. They're doing a night of only only playing the only band playing is like a night with Haken. They're doing the new album in its entirety and some other stuff. Guess who else is playing that night at an entirely different venue? Who's this? Twin Temple. So this is uh, going to be a decision for you. My wife really wants to see Twin Temple. Yeah, I really want to go see Haken. Oh, <laughs> so. We might split up that night. Yeah. I'm like, out of every fucking night of every month, how can they be on the same night? <laughs> what is that? Um, it's, 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 it is what it is, but yeah. Uh, no spoiler, but, uh, I really love the new Haken album. Yeah. And I, I saw them. They're one of the first bands. I, the last bands I saw right before COVID hit, uh, opening up for Devin Townsend. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The keyboardist what that was was both the bands at the time. Uh Diego, I think his name was. He has a new band called Temic, which is a really good prog metal uh, prog rock album that just came out like last month. Which surprised the hell out of me is George is like, Have you heard of this band during our last Metal Geeks episode? I'm like, How do you know how do you know about an underground prog band? What's going on here? <laughs> what 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 happened to the world? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he surprises me sometimes, but, uh, I think I'll, I'm going to see, I'm going to go see Hagen. Yeah. And I think I'll get my wife a ticket to see twin temple. Her and a friend can go. Yeah. I don't want, I would like to be there, but you know, I don't know. Um, what do you think about this Amon Mars tour? Uh, so what are the details on this? I don't think so I've Amon Mars cannibal corpse. Uh, obituary and frozen soul. I mean, that's a great lineup. Fantastic lineup. That's right? a great lineup. You know what I'm going to say? Yeah. Not enough diversity in genres. That's true. It is a lot of, a lot of fucking death, death metal. metal. 
Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've seen Obituary. I've seen Cannibal Corpse. We didn't see Frozen Soul, did we? Yeah. Open up for Carcass, right? Yes. No, um, I saw them open up for uh, Goat Whore. Oh, really? Yeah, White who, Oak. Who opened up that uh, Carcass and Sacred Reich tour? Um, Creeping Death. That's who it was. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I couldn't remember if it was Frozen Soul or Creeping Death. Okay, cool. Because they're both from the, the Dallas area, right? Yeah. Frozen Soul was really great live. Yeah. Really I've never impressive. seen them live then. Yeah. I really like the new album too. It's really good. The obituary is great live. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen Cannibal Corpse. It's been a while for me too. Um, Dave was mentioning, it's like, he's never seen them live out of, I was like, how? Yeah. It's, it's crazy because they tour so much, you know, but. When's this tour coming through? This is going, it starts in April uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and is going to, going to run in America at least until uh, May 25th in Anaheim. But hmm. Houston is May 20th. Yeah. The week of Comic Palooza. Oh. So maybe I can go. Might be because uh, of May, May 20th is to monday and that weekend is the show so we'll see that might be a good uh clear my mind and get ready for the rest of the week type of thing you know what i mean yeah i don't know i like amana mars live um i wasn't really a big fan of their last couple of albums that much but you know they're always fun live right yeah and all the bands are really good so i don't know is there any other uh tours coming up that you're looking forward to um the so the insomnium omnium oh, thing can we talk about that what a run was announced recently yes it's coming to austin that's the closest date to us i don't know if that's compelling enough for me to go drive up to austin for that i would like to um, it is a weekend they're playing friday in austin and saturday in dallas i already bought my ticket to go see um uh blind guardian up there oh so, in dallas yeah okay what is that uh that i don't know let me check but um yeah it's i don't know about the insomnium one i don't think that's something that i have an, a real urge to go see i do <laughs> um oh actually i'm going to the austin blind guardian show okay in april 24th at emos emos which i wow. like that venue i like that area i don't know um, if i've been to that venue yeah it's uh, south uh, east side of austin so in tour news, uh, KK's Priest has announced some tour dates with L.A. Guns and Burning Witches. Nothing in Texas, I believe. Um, and that starts uh, March 7th in Fort Lauderdale and then March ends March 24th. Yeah. I mean, if they came here, I would probably see them. But uh, Ripper's not been, I don't know, something's weird about that guy right now. Oh, really? I don't know. He's just not, I don't know. I, I follow him on social media. And he sometimes he's not the nicest person. That's all mm. I can say. Yeah. Talking to his fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, John five is touring with Marty Friedman. That's sort of cool. Uh, Boyvod and prong announced the North American tour, but not coming to, to Houston. Um, yeah. The insomnium, omnium gatherum and Wilderun. I saw Wilderun year before last. I can't remember exactly. They were with, I believe, Elaine and was that the Ocean of the Slumber show, the tour? I can't remember. Yeah. This maybe it might have been the Sewan tour, right? 
Not so. Yeah, it was Owen. I don't think you went to that show, did you? I did not. No. Uh, Lacuna Coil has added uh, a tour with New Year's Day and Oceans of Slumber, who I don't really know New Year's Day at all. Um, uh, blackened blackening the U.S. is going to be a cool tour. Halder, Worm, Devilmaster, and Necrofire doing a full U.S. tour, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of a lot of tour co- <clears throat> a lot of tours coming. Uh, Sepultura announces their farewell tours, and you know what that means. I guess I don't I don't know if that's true. That what's going to happen there? Are they really going to be giving it up? Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. You you figure they would have tried to make one more run or try to do some kind of reunion thing or something, but maybe that this is setting the stage for the reunion. I don't know. Guess who Amanda Mars is touring with in Europe? Who's this? Insomnium and the Halo Effect. Hmm. Interesting. Can we? Why couldn't we get that tour? Yeah. With, with all due respect to Omnium, like I, I've already I've seen them so live so many times. That it's not really that much of a draw for me. Also, I'm just not wild about their recent stuff. And um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe my mind will change the closer that tour gets, and I'll, I'll think, like, ah, oh, let's go see him. Right. Austin's not that bad of a drive, so. No. I If it works in my schedule, I would actually like to go see it. Um, Milwaukee Metal Fest is, is gearing up to be a very interesting show. Uh, they keep on adding a, new, a lot of new bands. Um I know the Blind Guardian is playing now, Camelot, Hammerfall, Symphony X, Destruction, Marduk, Metal Church, Incantation, Profanatica, uh, Visigoth, Uada, Necrofire. Uh, just a wide breadth of of bands that I I love to see. You know? I love to see there's an American festival show that has hammerfall and uada on the same tour on the same weekend you know what i mean right it makes my it makes my, my heart happy i'm not gonna be able to go to it because it is the weekend before my work event so i don't know interesting you've never went to a milwaukee metal fest did you nope never uh, been to milwaukee never been to milwaukee <laughs> i went three years in a row I believe like 98, 99, 2000, something like that. Um, I've had some, I had some interesting experiences at the Milwaukee Metal Fest. Milwaukee. Milwaukee, as the Algonquins <laughs> call it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I remember going to the first ever press conference with Gorgoros without makeup. We had to promise not to take photos. Um, was that promise violated? Are there photos of that press conference? No, there's not. Oh, wow. I went to a private acoustic show uh, with Macabre in Anasima. Uh, it was just for press only in a small, it was like in a, a classroom type environment. We hmm. all sat in a little desk and watched them perform. And um, I saw a lot of great bands over those couple of years. And we also, I also went to, New Jersey Metal Fest twice, and then of course you know November to dismember the one in uh, in Texas. Yeah, that was like the first year that uh, me and my wife <laughs> were dating. Uh, actually, on that on that trip, I think we made it official that we were dating officially, officially, officially dating. So interesting, right? 
it's weird that uh, it's back that uh, Jamie Josta has purchased. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how long he can keep it going or, yeah, you know, whatever. Because I think he said that he doesn't want to have ever any repeat band. So you're going to yeah. start running out of bands pretty quickly. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Um, I think that's sort of going to wrap up our show. Uh, we are going to uh, we're going to end this 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 episode with sort of a tribute and uh, a, a holiday song, both at the same time. But before we get there, I want to let I want to thank everybody for hanging out with us again on this episode. Um, of course, you can find us on the web at msrcast.com as well as our sister show, metalgeeks.net. Uh, we're on all the social media platforms at msrcast as well as at metalgeeks. If you're on Facebook, you can check out the Metal Geek Society where we do talk about movies and video games and and, me, and metal and music and and we always post memes and there's a lot of star trek shit for some reason um we're also uh any place you download your podcast be it uh you know your podcast app or spotify or stitcher or apple music or any of those places just search for metal geeks or msr cast um what about you sir i'm at the metal pigeon on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and please visit the metalpigeon.com. Uh, I'll have my lists up at some point in January, and um, uh, yeah. We're going to try to coincide our your list with our episode. So Right, yeah. Usually I get the songs list out before, yeah. but then the albums list will come out the day the, the actual... Um, our year-end recap. So I will be. Comes out. I, I'll be out of town the first week of January. So once I return, yeah, we will get together and uh, commence our top list. So, um, why don't we? Why don't you go ahead and introduce this song since we're all feeling a little festive and this sort of brings in the holiday. Yeah, I mean, this is my favorite Christmas song of all time. It's called The Fairy Tale of New York. It's uh, originally by the Pogues, and uh, this is very timely because, of course, uh, Shane McGowan, the great uh, singer and lyricist and songwriter of the Pogues, passed away recently. And if you go on YouTube, you can find a really uh, excellent uh, tribute. Like During his funeral, they had uh, members of the Dubliners, Pogues, and Glenn Hansard, great uh, folk singer, um, sang uh, this song, Fairy Tale of New York, as kind of a final send off to Shane McGowan. That's awesome. Shane McGowan, one of the great lyricists of all time, like like James Joyce level talent in that guy, as far as like his ability with the English language. So, um, this song I listen to like every Christmas Eve, and uh, even though I'm not really a big Christmassy guy, this song is so great. It kind of overwhelms that cynicism for me. And yeah. so Tommy Johansson, uh guitarist from Sabaton and Majestica. Um, Singer, songwriter, amazing vocalist. Yeah. All around wonder kid, metal wonder kid <laughs> yeah. um, has done a cover of this song. And uh, I think it'd be a good way to uh, simultaneously play something Christmassy and a uh, fitting tribute to one yes. of the absolute great songwriters of our time. So, if you uh, don't follow Tommy uh, Johansson on or Johansson, I guess on YouTube, you're doing yourself a disservice 
because he does a lot of amazing covers. He's done a lot of holiday stuff, Christmas stuff. Like he'll do like he did like the Grinch and a bunch of different stuff and a bunch of 80s and hard rock stuff. It's all available on his YouTube, but it's also streaming on Spotify as Tommy J. Yeah. So check that out. Um, I mean, this is the the brilliant mind who covered the Spaceballs song, okay, <laughs> on the last Majestic album. So and he did. They did a whole Christmassy uh, Christmas Carol album too. Yeah, under a Majestic great Carol. album. That's it a is a great album. Great power metal album. It's probably better than any, any of the TSO album they've done in that vein. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it's really really good. We thought about playing some more holiday music, but uh, you know, we just. We wanted to uh, play some other stuff and then ran out of time. So in honor, of course, of what was his name again? I'm sorry. Shane McGowan. Shane McGowan from the Pogues. Here is uh, one of Sean the Metal Pigeon's favorite songs covered by one of our favorite artists. And uh, as always, we have one last thing we have to say. Uh, Happy Christmas and keep it metal. I was going to say happy holidays, you filthy animals. See y'all next time. It was Christmas Eve in the trunk tank. An old man said to me, Won't see another one. And then he sang a song. The away and dreamed about you got on a lucky one came in 18 to 1 I've got a feeling this year's for you and me so happy Christmas
Hey, Geekazoids. Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit metalgeeks.net. Keep it geeky. Keep it metal. What a brother know once again back is the incredible Rhyme Animal, the uncannibal D Public enemy number one